can I add my welcome to those that have already been given? It's great to have you uh, with us. Uh, let's see, in the room and at home, if you want to join us, well, how many of you are Man United fans? <laughs> There's two here in the room. Wonder how many at home. One of the questions of this season is about the presence of a certain individual in the Premier League. Back in September, media around the world went ballistic at the news that Ronaldo, the great one, was returning to Manchester United. What a story. It was met, you may remember, even if you're not into football, you kind of missed it, with huge expectation. The chosen one was back. One huge banner, I remember, at Old Trafford with the picture of, massive picture of Ronaldo with the words, the king has come home. The messianic expectation was only heightened in the first few games when goal after goal from the legend was scored. And yet, just a few months later, with United having sacked their manager, having let in as many goals as they've scored, currently lying seventh in the Premier League, winning only two of their last nine games, questions are everywhere. Maybe he isn't the chosen one after all. Yes, he's still scoring goals, but he's not exactly the saviour they were hoping for. Now, of course, as a Liverpool fan, saying all that brings me great joy. <laughs> Failed expectations of our rivals are wonderful. <laughs> but it raises a question for me this morning, tangential sideways step. To the end of our Sunday morning series that we've been looking at all through this term, simply called Jesus. You see, over this term, we've been looking at Luke's description in the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament of Jesus. And we've heard some amazing things about what Jesus has done. And alongside that, we've also seen, if you've been with us, we've seen some amazing stories from people within the life of this church here that Jesus has done in their lives. And it all points to one simple question. The question that, we've, that all of us must ask, whether we are here in church for the first time in our lives, whether we're at home not knowing anything about Jesus or whether we've been a thousand times. And the question is simply this that Jesus asks. But what about you, he asked his disciples. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. Who is he? And of course, as we begin our Christmas celebrations and over the last few weeks, we've already begun them. It's certainly a good question to ask now. Whether you are a Christian or not, whether this is your first time in Riverside or not, whether you're convinced or have a thousand questions, who do you say he is? Who is he? Who do I think he is? Now they say, don't they? Never meet your heroes. But just in the room, show of hands, if you've ever met your hero, you know, the, the kind of legend, famous person, not many, one or two. Did they live up to expectations? Shrug of the shoulders here and there. I wonder about you guys at home. Uh, a few years ago, I was in an airport, uh, and then I noticed the legend that is David Attenborough. 
And I went and sat next to him. And I said to him, excuse me, are you David Attenborough? And he said, yes, I am. And then we had a very, very brief one-sentence conversation as I was dumbfounded, not sure what to say. He was a nice, polite man, but if I'm honest, slightly underwhelming. He didn't do anything wrong, but it was just a little bit, he wasn't the legend that I hoped he was. Now, I'm sure he is great, but you know what I mean. But it's not just those sort of slight disappointments about the heroes, is it? We all know the stories where somebody is heralded as being wonderful, the rescuer, the one, the politicians that's going to sort it out, the president that's going to change the world, the CEO that's going to deliver. And then years later, stories begin to appear. Not quite the purest of pure, not quite the person we thought they were. There's an old saying that says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. Everyone lets us down in the end, don't they? In a world of disappointing heroes and failed expectations, whether footballing greats, the relationship partner that you longed for that wasn't quite as perfect, the career goal that you had in mind, even the church leaders that you were looking for. In a world of unrealized expectations, what do we make of the one who was called the Messiah, the one? Is he the real deal or not? Is he just another incomplete hero who in the end fails to deliver what we'd hoped for? What about you? Who do you say I am? He asks you. Because at this time that Luke wrote these words, people certainly had their opinions about Jesus. Uh, let me read to you some other bits. Uh, this is what was read. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back. Jesus was gaining notoriety. People had their opinions about him. And even around the world today, loads of people have their opinions about Jesus. We've heard the miracles and the message, the healings and the hope. And throughout this book, Luke gives little snapshots of what different people think about Jesus. So after one miracle, we read these words, Luke chapter 7. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Wow, that's some people's perspective. But it wasn't just the crowds of people who had an opinion about him. Those closest to him who'd walked with him also saw some amazing things. And so in Luke chapter 8, we see an amazing thing where Jesus calms the storm. We read these words, Luke 8, 25. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and waves, and they obey him. So the crowds had their opinion. His closest friends had their opinion. Even the king Herod as his, wants to know. Listen to these words in Luke chapter 9, the very beginning. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, the John that he'd killed. Others that Elijah had appeared and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? 
and he tried to see him. Everyone's got their opinion. What about us? Who do you say I am? And basically in Luke's gospel, there's five different reactions which I'll go through. And I wonder where you are at. I wonder where I'm at. The first, you've got the intrigued crowd. They like the spectacular, the miracles. They like that's good stuff. They like the good show. But when Jesus doesn't quite deliver what they want, not quite so sure. And when it gets a bit tricky, and he's asking questions of them that might involve a little bit of sacrifice, they begin to ebb away. The intrigued crowd like the spectacular, but when it involves any commitment involvement, no thanks. The intrigued crowd. The second group are the naysayers. These are like the religious leaders of the day. They've made up their mind about God and life and things, and so therefore Jesus doesn't fit that box, so no. Maybe that's us. Doesn't fit my box. No. The third group is the just another prophet kind of people. Sure, this Jesus is doing some amazing things, and so he says some good things about God. Something good. There's something from God from him, yes. But just like every other prophet, one of many. We will listen to what he says, but it's not special about him. It's more only the message. And so when Jesus begins to head towards the cross, well, (laughs) I'm out, thanks. The cross is just a defeat, isn't it? But then there's two other responses that you see in the Gospels. The first is those who frankly just are desperate for help. The people along the way who just cry out because they've heard he could do something. The parent with the dying child, the woman in need of healing, the outsider crying out for deliverance. These are the people that Jesus draws very close to. The ones who life has brought to their knees. And they don't have it all worked out in their head. They know that this guy can just help. Help me, Jesus. They know their weakness. They know they need a rescuer. And friends, can I say, if you are here this morning, if you're watching at home, you're having church at home, and you're just desperate for help, and you've got a million questions about Jesus, but you're just trying out to him, saying, Lord, please help. He draws very close. There's a fifth response. These are the people like Peter, who've begun to see enough that they think he really is the one, the Messiah, the chosen one. Not some temporary hero that will let them down in the end. So may I ask you, where are you at? What about me? Where am I at? How might we answer Jesus' question this morning? Who do you say I am? Because what's noticeable is what happens immediately after Peter says, I think you're the one. Did you clock it in the reading we had? Let me read again to you. This is what Jesus says next. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus tells them, they've got it, but don't tell anyone else. Why? 
because we've all got our own ideas about the chosen one and what he should be like. But I'm going to the cross. I am the one. But even your plans of what God's rescue looks like is going to be way bigger and way better than you dare imagine. I'm going to die, he says. And then I'm going to shatter death and come back to life. Because, friends, may I suggest that in a world like ours, and if the last two years have taught us nothing but this, there are many, many things that we've got no answers for. We need help. We need a rescuer, not just good advice. I don't know if you saw the very, very tragic news over the last few months from Coventry of little six-year-old Arthur brutally abused and then horrifically murdered in Coventry by his mother-in-law and father. In the face of such suffering and evil, what do we got? If there's no God, the best we can hope for is that things might improve in the future so things like that never happen again. Great, that's a good thing. But that doesn't help those who love him and it doesn't help him. Think of those reactions that we went through. If you're somebody that's already made up your mind, no to Jesus, he doesn't fit my box. What do you do with that kind of stuff? The kind of stuff that's always there in the world where a microbial little bug floors the planet and 20 million die. What do we got? What about those of us just along for the show? But before he starts demanding things and suggesting that it might involve some change in my life and some sacrifice for him, as though Jesus is just a good counselor to make me feel a little bit better. What do we got in the face of that kind of suffering that does happen to those that we love, even ourselves sometimes? And if he's just a prophet, the cross, well, that's just failure, isn't it? He just dies in the end. Another hero letting us down. But for those of us in the middle of real suffering, in the middle of a bug that floors the planet, who really need genuine healing and genuine hope, may I suggest that the death and resurrection is the only hope. Because in the face of massive suffering, death and evil, what do we got? We need somebody that's going to get us through it not just going to make us feel better about ourselves. And friends, that's the kind of Messiah we're looking for. That is what Peter meant when he said, you're the one God's Messiah. If these last two years have taught us anything, we need God to step in and rescue us so that we have nothing to fear against the greatest of all enemies, death itself. That picture of dying and then coming back to life. We get a little snapshot because we get to hear Jesus asking that question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Friends, here in the room, those having church at home, it's a simple question that we all ultimately want to answer. And faced with this suffering Sadness and grief. Might I suggest the right answer is simply to say, I'm on the team of the one who can get me through the death. Jesus, let me put my hand in yours. He is the one.